For more accessibility, feel free to read the podcast transcript as you listen. Available at autish.wordpress.com. And welcome to the Autish Podcast. My name is Onikage, and this autism podcast, like my blog, provides various autistic content. I am autistic myself, and I want to promote acceptance and to explore various stories and personalities from the autistic community. This podcast will feature guests that are involved in the autistic community in some way. Today's topic is sensory processing and art. We all know about stimming, but sensory processing can go beyond creative bounds. We can use colours to reflect personalities, words, or even feelings. Even music and sounds can reflect in a similar manner. Sounds, tastes, or even visual aids can create something in art that you've never experienced before. Today's guest is Laura Marie Lulislatin, an autistic who's experienced in art, music, and sensory processing. She makes intentional sensory art and is a professional musician. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Laura Maria Ruislotten and I'm from Oslo. I'm a professional musician and I like to work with art that combines different sensory inputs because then it makes the audience, the senses, kind of like the actual artistic medium. So I put taste and sound together and sound and visual art and visual art and taste together. That's great. Could you explain more on intentional sensory processing as it's your main medium? Yeah, um, I wasn't always um, so conscious of it because I thought everybody had synesthesia and nobody talked about it. Just like I thought everybody had autism and never talked about it too, like when I was a kid. And there was a neuroscientist I talked to in 2008 that told me that what I was doing was synesthesia and after that I became conscious of that is actually uh, something happening in the brain so I started thinking that probably the audience has some as well but they might not be conscious of it so I started experimenting with giving people a blind tasting with music and taste like coffee or wine to see what would happen, and I never give them any information before. So I don't give them any associations. I don't give them any like psychological like pathways to experience this. It's all blind, and they don't really get any information. So what happens is that they start experiencing things in their senses, like if they get a special taste of wine to a painting, then all of a sudden they'll say like, oh, the, the orange in the painting became so much more stronger. Or sometimes like with music and wine, they'll say like, when I taste the wine alone, it was very acidic. And when I got the music to the wine, the wine became less acidic. So they're having experiences inside their sensory system, which is like the art <laughs> <laughs> that is that that is pretty cool um i do appreciate music and sounds mixed with sensory different sensory needs um i'm also a composer as well uh, i do it as a hobby um when i make music for myself and 
to show to other people. Most things are inspired less of taste and smells, but more emotional. I mm. usually make music based on emotion or based on specific characters or scenarios. And it's just great to see anyone who makes music as you do for sensory purposes it's just it's just so cool I've seen a few of your works on Instagram and I'm oh. really intrigued <laughs> um, and some of the more electronic ones remind me of the music that I listen to when I'm like studying as it like stimulates the brain and yeah. it's just really it's really cool and I need to look more into it um, speaking of music, what would you say is considered your favorite genre? It's kind of depending on the the day because uh, I'm interested in all kinds of music and I love to explore music and experience music and listen to bands that I never heard before. And my favorites probably that I come back to are like Dream Theater and Marillion and Rush. Uh, the kind of bands that are kind of rock and they are very, very good at their instruments. They actually play really, really well. And I really love electronic music, but there's so much variation in that as well. So um, it kind of depends on the expression, but I kind of like the kind of electronic music you can really dance to and not necessarily the um, softer kind of spa music kind of <laughs> and when I play my favorite music to play is modern composition that really um, makes interesting chords on the bells I'm a bell player so if you can get a really good composer that makes music that has chords that really um, bring out the potential of the bells and you have a lot of action in the overtones I really like that too I understand where you're coming from with the bells. Um, even yeah. just like hearing the sounds just trail off, and then you anticipate yeah. the next sound. It's just so many layers, and I'm just like, wow. It's, I I always been intrigued with drones and sounds. Um, that's probably why I like ambient music so much. I just I appreciate the sounds that can give you a certain feeling or a certain sensation. But when it comes to favourite genres, I listen to a wide range of music, but if I had to pick a few, it'd be punk, metal, rock, ambient, and a lot of electronic music. When, when it comes to my own music, uh, it's actually electronic, and I, I just enjoy making anything as I see fit, but most of it's just electronic, structured, inspired by video games. <laughs> Some autistics kind of experience music or sounds differently um, both of us have shown examples of this have you noticed other examples from other autistic people when it comes to them with music yeah it depends I think on the sensitivity to what kind of sound and what pitch and how high or low the sound is and if it's expected or not because um, sometimes on my handbells I can start playing really high pitches with a bow, well, like on a string instrument. I play with some string instruments in an ensemble and we play on a little overtones really high. And I know that a lot of autistic people would think these really high sounds can be very painful 
And I noticed that a lot of uh, some of my autistic friends that are also in art, they appreciate music because of the aesthetics of the actual music video and not necessarily because of the text or the message in the music. And I can understand that, that it's all about the, like the sound, the actual sound and the actual, if they have a music video, like visuals and not about the social group or feeling like I belong to this group because I listen to music. And I notice how people react to sound like in um, public space. Like some of my autistic friends, uh, I can get really like scared and, and jumpy, like just with a, a sound in public space, like somebody tooting the horn of the car or something like that. And I noticed that we kind of react differently to that. And um, we can react to different sounds, like different sounds scare us. One of my friends, the autistic, loves the bells. And I also was, had a tour with a little boy that was autistic that was scared of the bells and didn't like the sound. So I think it's really individual. I definitely agree with that. Um, as much as I love sounds and drones and tones, um, certain specific sounds play that specific times of the day can affect me. Yeah. One example is at night time, if I hear a certain tone or certain sounds, even just like cues from certain music songs or sounds from video games, it genuinely freaks me the hell yeah. out. I'm actually like near crying, going, oh, I don't like it. And if it's like, there's this big bendy notes and that are really bad at night, I can't listen, I physically cannot listen to them. Or even when I first wake up, I get that effect as well. Like, sound, I'm not ready for sound yet, so everything's a bit more overwhelming. I don't have sensitive hearing, but loud sounds do get to me in some degree. It doesn't cause me a lot of pain, but it does give me more disorientated effect. I do know other autistics have sensitive hearing and they've told me that physically hurts. And I'm like, I don't get that, but I can kind of understand a little bit with the disorientation at least. I can get pain synesthesia too, like... If I get, um, if there's a sound that hurts, I'll see pain colors. Yeah. And pain colors for me are different than, uh, different, like, music colors. Yeah. That's definitely interesting to hear about what pain colors and music colors are. There's different. Is there any specific colors that you associate specifically with the positives of the music and the ones specifically related to pain? Yeah, um, in the... Like good experience, um, a good synesthesia color would be like a comforting color that would be really clear, like very clean, clear, uh, sparkly kind of rainbow colors. And they're always very vibrant. Um, and the paint colors are always like chalky, grayish pastel colors that look kind of um, uh, opaque and uh, matte. That's pretty cool. I can associate colours with songs and no- and notes from music, but not as vividly. But um, as I said before, with emotions, I think I'm more attached to the emotional part with music and notes and that. It's like example for C major and C minor. I can see the emotions with the two. Like C major mm-hmm. is like happy and C minor is kind of like more negative, but more is there's more layers than just saying it's a negative note that could reflect 
something based on how you feel yourself. Like minor, it could mm-hmm. be more devious or mischievous. Some songs are like that to me um, in general, and I'm just like, or or a chord progression. I'm like, that's one of the progression four chord progressions I hate is the four chord progression that you hear in many many pop songs. Uh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, but it's been so overused. I'm like, oh, this note's next, and it comes next, and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> just they can stop. When it's so predictable, you just want to go stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, it's been a while since I've spoke music, because, um, fun fact, um, I've actually been self taught. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, I can actually. I, I I play music by ear rather than read music notes. Um, god awful at music notes, <laughs> and I and I've got perfect I've got perfect pitch, so I can tune guitars and that easily. And every time I hear an off key note in a song, that that causes me pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any advice for those who want to create art with intentional sensory processing in mind? I'll definitely take away all the association and context because I see some other people doing this. Like there's a guy in Norway that made a CD with, uh, I think it was cello and he wrote what wine to drink with the music. And it's cool that he's doing that and it's, um, it's, his, it's his approach, but um, it's not purely sensory it's based on like this is a french music and this is french wine and you have to rely on all these like associations and kind of psychology to associate it so like definitely just strip off all like associations and don't tell people anything about the wine like i have a degree in wine tasting also and we taste everything blind um so don't let people look at the label you know don't let don't tell so much get the audience into a state where they feel safe and calm in the space so that they can kind of zone out and tune into their senses and don't talk too much like don't give a big introduction and blah 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 blah, blah. these words because words is actually a different part of the brain than the part of the brain that you're going to experience this kind of art in so you have to help people get into space where they're in their sensory uh, self and they're not really used to that all the time. So that I think I would recommend those things. That's pretty neat, especially with the whole element of surprise. Um, I do agree that makes it the most effective way for someone to experience that. Um, as you say, if, if someone just adds words and all that stuff, it just makes your brain go, oh, I need to focus on this, I need to focus on that. And that just ruins it. And it's just fascinating to look into deconstructing a medium into something more sensory related. And what you're doing, I definitely think is fascinating and I need to look into it more. And it's quite exciting to see. It's great to have something to do with medium and that topic. I feel like it needs to be addressed a lot more. And there's more than music than just your typical pop song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, a lot of things, like, um, I feel like one reason I like to use the audience's actual sensory ability as a medium is because nobody talks about the sensory system. And there's so many concerts, 
like classical and rock and pop and everything it's all getting processed in the sensory system and everybody's acting like that's like a byproduct nobody talks about it a lot of the art is actually happening inside the audience and if they do talk about it they're talking about the audience's interpretation or their associations with the music and not what's actually happening in the sensory system which is something that you can't really control i feel like associations and that's like a different thing it's like you can kind of um it's like a more social thing you can control it or you could change it or you could change your opinion about something but you can't really control what is happening in the sensory system so you just have to kind of observe it and accept it and that's fascinating yeah finally any other comments anything we've not spoken about anything that needs to be addressed just anything in general really i guess i i wish i like i said that we could uh it was more normal to talk about what we're sensing and that we give people more um acceptance of to talk about that instead of i notice a lot of people are like oh i don't know anything about wine so i don't know wine is good or not so i'm like well don't listen to other people try to listen to your own senses and find out for yourself you know what are you sensing when you taste this do you like it why do you like it um what do you like what you don't like because it would give people more like mental independence instead of having to rely on somebody else telling them what to like and not to like that's a good way to conclude it. Um, just at the end of the day, it's just it's it's your own sensory mind frame. Yeah, it's best to just focus on on that sensation, whether you're drinking wine or listening to a sound, or even feeling something with a different texture. At the end of the day, it's it's all down to you, and yeah. that and it's all smooth sailing from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, thank you very much for participating. It was great having you here. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Autish podcast. If you like more blog information, please access autish.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. This is Onikage from Autish, signing out. <laughs>